What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to My Social Life. This is the podcast where you can hear the real stories behind the people on social media. I'm your host, Jacob Kelly, and today's a takeaways episode. And if you're new here, what a takeaways episode is, is where I sit down and I talk to you about those recent podcast episode of the week. And today we're discussing my conversation with Alex Gassaway. Now, if you haven't had a chance to listen to the full episode yet, Alex is a YouTuber. She did a daily vlog for over 100 straight days in 2019. She's coming up to 10,000 subscribers at the time of recording this. She's also an entrepreneur. She has her own production production company. And on top of that, she's founded a company called Lofty, which helps connect brands and non not-for-profits with creators to help creators create for a cause. So it's a really interesting company. It's in the very early stages right now, but that's Alex in a nutshell. And a lot of our conversation obviously centered around her YouTube and it centered a little bit around what she's doing with Lofty and her entrepreneurial ventures. So I want to talk to you about some of the key takeaways I took away from my conversation with Alex. She was super dope. She was kind enough to record with her good mic on her end into her Zoom, uh, Zoom H6, I believe, and send me the, the clean audio so there was no issues with the remote recording. So shout out to her, it was awesome. And I actually introduced to Alex through a couple different creators. So the uh, the initial kind of contact point, the initial introduction came through Dania Aussie, who also has a podcast and name is Escaping My Memory right now. I will make sure I link it actually in the show notes down below. But Dania was on my podcast, she was episode number 48. She started a podcast herself. She interviewed Alex and she said, yo, you should interview this girl, she's super cool. So I was like, all right, do it for sure. Because I'd also been also been mentioned to me by Method Box, who's another past guest of my social life, who said, you gotta interview Alex. Alex is great, because I ask my guests, sometimes I forget, but more often than not, I ask my guests, like who's somebody that you know, that you think would be a good fit for this podcast, I would also want to come on the show. Because if if they don't think the person's wanting to come on the show, then there's no point in making that introduction. But something that you want, that you, that you think would want to be on the show, like I'd love to. And they said, you got to talk to Alex Gasway. And I was like, oh, for sure. And then when Danny reached out and said, yo, you got to interview this girl, Alex Gasway, I was like, okay, for sure make that introduction because the Method Box, the guys from Method Box also said the same thing. So that's kind of how I met Alex. And to be completely open and honest and transparent, I never actually watched any of her videos prior to preparing for this podcast. And that's not like a knock on her or anything. That's literally just... I don't watch too, too many YouTube videos anymore. I just, in terms of where my priorities lay, consuming YouTube videos isn't too, too high up on that list. But I did get the chance to watch Alex's YouTube in preparing for this this podcast. And her style is really cool. I really like, obviously, the big one is the Casey Neistat video, which we're going to get into in this takeaway takeaways episode. But where we're going to start when it comes to Alex's YouTube channel is daily vlogging, right? As I mentioned, that's something she did for over a hundred straight days in 2019. And obviously there's no other way to describe daily vlogging other than a grind. It is very, very difficult to shoot and edit and upload a new video every single day. I do a podcast once a week. That can be about enough of a grind in its own right. Then when you factor in that Alex is also, one, she was daily vlogging, and on top of that, she was running her production company. And on top of that, she was starting, she had a startup, a tech company that she's working on. So she's very, very busy. So trying to find the time to upload a new video every single day is crazy. It's a grind. But I really liked how she put it where she said that you don't daily vlog for YouTube channel growth. It's not 2000, I don't know, when was daily vlogging popular? I'm blanking here, 20, 2013? 2013, it's not 2013 anymore. Um, this is me adding in a little bit with the words, not 2013 anymore. Um, but so you don't daily vlog for YouTube channel growth. That's that 
that wave has gone and went, it could come back. You never know. Things are cyclical. But right now, you don't daily vlog for channel growth. You daily vlog for personal growth. You're going to learn about a lot about yourself in that time when you have to be disciplined. You have to pick up the camera every day. You have to record enough content to make a video. And then you have to be disciplined enough at the end of the day when you're dead tired, when you've done all this running around, working, doing whatever it is you do while recording it and creating this content. Then you have to sit down and edit it till who knows what time at night. And then you have to go to bed and wake up to be a productive human the next day at a reasonable time to get to work, to record, to film it, to do it all over again. And then again, and again, and again, and again, for over a hundred straight days. It's crazy. Speaking of what else is crazy, I don't know if you can hear that or not, but my neighbor somehow showers every single time I record a podcast. It doesn't matter. Maybe it's a sink. I don't know, but he always finds a way to run water. I could record a podcast at 10 at night, running water. I could record a podcast at eight in the morning, running water. Right now it is 3.55 p.m running water. So he's just a really good knack for that. That Australian crazy. And that was a total random tangent because that just happened. But back to what I was talking about with daily vlogging is it's very, like I said, it's every single day. You're just always doing the same thing over and over again. You learn a lot about yourself. You're going to grow as a person by doing it because it is a challenge. And obviously with any challenge, anything that's hard, you're going to grow as a person and daily vlogging is tough. But at the same time, like I would love to daily vlog. I talked about in the podcast with Alex. I once convinced myself, I just had an afternoon where I was by myself. I was bored. I went for a walk and I was like, you know what? I'm going to daily vlog. I'm going to daily vlog. And I filmed a video on my phone. That's all I did on my phone. Nothing crazy. Filmed a video on my phone. I edited it. I uploaded it to YouTube. Announcing this daily vlog, I was challenging myself to do it for at least a week, but it could go longer than that. And my daily vlog lasted for 24 hours. As then I posted the first video and nothing after that because I had this, I literally hit the second day and I was like, yo, I don't want to do this. This is like, I just don't have the, like I had a bad day or something that second day. And I was like, I don't want to film. I don't know. And I, so I didn't. And I, I don't necessarily regret it because I think I need to, I don't want to try and do too many things at the same time. Right. Like the podcast is my big focus at the time. So I just kind of stuck with that. And then if I then tried to throw in a daily vlog while also starting kind of a new position at my job at the time, things would have been hectic and chaotic and nothing probably would have been done to a, a degree I'd be happy with. So I'm happy to daily vlog at that time. And I think ultimately down the line somewhere, maybe even the near future, I bring back a vlog of some capacity. I don't think it's going to be daily. Um, but I think potentially it could be like a, whether it be a weekly vlog, which is something I used to do, um, back in the spring of last year before Gary V launched weekly V just to kind of put that out there. So I'm not copying him, but, uh, whether it looks like that, or it's just one vlog a week, whenever I have my most interesting or my most packed day to turn that into a vlog, maybe it'll be something like that. So daily vlogging is something I would love to do. And I love to do it just for the, the ability to, to recall that ability, that documentation piece of it is probably the most interesting thing to me. Like I always go back and watch my old vlogs, whether it be the vlogs I did last year when it was my weekly vlogs, or whether it be a couple years ago when I just moved out of my grand, my grandparents' house. The first time I lived on my own, I had a couple vlogs in there, my first condo that I had. And it's just cool to go back and watch those. And I love that, but it's just the daily piece is hard, but all that to say, I just want to talk about vlogging for a minute because I always love talking to vloggers and daily vloggers because it's just so cool and I love 
that aspect of being able to go back and watch. That's probably my, the biggest thing with vlogging for me. Like as Alex even said, right, you're not going to grow as a daily vlogger. I don't know what the, I don't know what necessarily can even grow as a main, as just a straight up vlogger these days. You have to have a, getting into the YouTube kind of the complex elements. I mean, you have your three types of videos. You hear your hub and your help, and your vlogs kind of fall under the hub part of your YouTube channel, which if you don't necessarily know what I'm talking about, feel free to send me a DM and I'll explain the whole thing to you. But um, moving over, continue on with vlogging. Let's talk about vlogging in public because I've tried to vlog at so many different points throughout my young adulthood. No, I don't know. That's the right way. Either way, I started vlogging when I was 18. This is when I first tried to vlog. 18? Yeah, 18 was the first time I tried to vlog. I tried to vlog when I was 20. I vlogged when I was 21. Um, And the hardest part, obviously, is vlogging in public. And it's just weird, right? You're there with a camera, you're talking to your phone and no one else is and you're walking down a sidewalk talking to your phone. It's just weird, right? It's uncomfortable. It's hard to do. And I always ask everyone that vlogs, what, like, talk to me about vlogging in public. Like, how do you do it? Is it weird? How do you overcome that uncomfortableness? Like, what do you do? How do you get better at daily vlogging? And I'm always, and I ask every single vlogger this and they all say the same thing. It's it's kind of hard to get like you can't there's no nothing you can do like they'll just say all what they all say is that you have to just do it you have to force yourself to do it to be uncomfortable to go into those situations where it's awkward where people are looking at you while you're talking to your camera if you're like me you're talking to camera really, really fast because you want to get through the, the point that you have to make it so you can turn your camera off uh, close it, and then run away um but so that's kind of how i talk when i vlog on camera in public but you just have to do it You have to do it. There's no way to get better at daily vlogging without doing it. And that's the same with everything else. And the kind of the greater takeaway I had when I asked asked Alex this question and she said that you just have to do it. I was like, oh, damn, I guess there is no shortcut. And then I was like, yo, what am I saying? Like there's like I'm saying, but I was thinking this in my brain. Um, What like there is no shortcut. You can't really get better at anything by doing taking a shortcut. Like it's just with anything in life to get better, you have to do it and you have to do it a lot. And by doing it a lot, you're going to get better. And that's how you get better at daily vlogging. There is no shortcuts in life. You just got to go at it and face it straight on. And by doing it over and over and over again, if you're daily vlogging for in Alex's case, over a hundred days in a row, you're going to be a lot better at vlogging in public on day 104 than you are at day three right? It's just natural. It's the way things work. So if you're wanting to daily vlog, man, it's tough. Or if you want to vlog at all, vlogging in public, it can be a scary thing. I totally get it. And honestly, like my advice then kind of from the outside of vlogging is someone that's never been able to stick with it to a consistent degree. I've just kind of popped up here and there and always tried to do it and I never stuck with it. And my kind of advice from the outside is just build yourself up to it, right? So maybe one day you do one scene on camera and then the next week you do convince yourself to do two scenes on camera in public. And you just kind of like, I don't know what, what, again, I don't know what it looks like incrementally, but just build yourself up, do the first baby step. And then as you get more comfortable, add more and more and more and more and more until you're comfortable daily vlogging. But honestly, like, I don't know if you will ever truly be comfortable doing it. I think it was Peter McKinnon talking about like, was it on a podcast? I heard Peter McKinnon talk about somewhere where like he's in the airport and he's got to, he's got to record something and he's just like, man, gosh, got to do this and get it over with. 
Like, so you'll never totally be comfortable. No one's comfortable being weird and the odd one out, having everyone stare at them. Like you're not, it's hard to be comfortable doing that, but you can get more comfortable being uncomfortable, right? So I think that's the big thing. If you want to get better at daily vlogging or not daily vlogging, you want to get better at vlogging in public, you're going to have to just vlog in public. That's the, that's the unfortunate way, but that's how you're going to get better. But one thing that I also wanted to talk about was obviously the Casey Neistat video I mentioned at the beginning. If you didn't get a chance to listen to the podcast, so the Casey Neistat video was a video that Alex did where she went to an event in New York City at 368, which is, if you're unfamiliar, is Casey Neistat's company. Um, so she wanted to make a special video about it. So what she ended up doing is she ended up collaborating with a bunch of creators on this video, talking about how Casey Neistat kind of changed their life. And while she was mixing in these interviews and asking these people these questions of how Casey Neistat changed her life, she took screenshots from all of, from a bunch of Casey's videos and she went around New York City and she would line up the picture perfectly with the scenery around her and take a photo of it. And it's just such a good video. It's so well done. It's Alex's most viewed video on her channel. I think, I don't even know if a video is half the amount of views that that one has, but she's over 50,000 views on it right now. It's just so well done. Casey Neistat actually commented on it, which is something I forgot to ask Alex when we were doing the podcast, what that was like to have Casey Neistat comment on your video. But um, it was a really, really cool video and I really, really enjoyed it. And it was obviously the one that stands out on her channel, one being the most viewed, two being Casey Neistat. Obviously, I don't know, did Casey Neistat change my life? I don't know if he did, but he definitely had a made an impact on it because I watched his daily vlog all the time. So I guess he was kind of the reason I started my daily vlog in 2016, 2016, I think is the first time I tried daily vlogging, but, um, so Casey and I did have an impact on my life. I wouldn't say he changed it, but he had an impact on it. And either way, so that video stood out to me and it was really, really cool. And what kind of caught me off guard about that video, not the video, but it was when I was talking to Alex and she goes, yeah, I like, I hated that video. I, I didn't, something to the effect of I hated that video and I didn't want to put it up because I thought that video sucked. And I was like, time out. What? That video is so good. It is such a good video. At, like I said, her most viewed video, she's getting, I went through, I read the comments recently. The comments are so positive. People are so blown away by this video and she hated it. And I was like, whoa. And I just kind of put in perspective that we, tr we truly are our own worst critics, Right. We are going to pick apart every little thing and that we do, every little thing, every little piece of content we produce, we're going to pick it apart. We're not necessarily going to like it. And I understand that I do the same thing with my podcast, but I, I'm trying to, so I was just I'm trying to figure out how I want to word this properly. But I think too, also part of it is the longer we stare at something, the more we, we kind of we like, I don't know about you guys, but when I'm looking for a new font, for whatever I'm working on. I go to like, I use Defont. I'm not sponsored, obviously not, because uh, I'm not that big. <laughs> um, but when I go to like to, to Defont and I'll look up a word like, I don't know, just even my name, I'll put my name in and I'll be searching through all these fonts for pages and pages. And by the end of it, I'm looking at my name and I'm like, yo, that looks fucking weird. Sorry for swearing. Um, that looks weird. Like what? Has my name always been spelled like that? Like that doesn't look right. It just, but like when you stare at something for so long, it's going to start to look weird. You're not necessarily going to like it. And I think that was probably part of the case in Alex's video where I think she worked on the, the Casey Neistat video for three and a half months. So of course you're kind of going to get like, going to hit that wall with it. But I asked her why then. And then she also actually went on to say that she really kind of has that feeling with most of her videos where she doesn't like them. She doesn't think they're very good. Um, and I was like, well, why? So then I was like proud of myself thought of this question on the fly. <laughs> no big deal. 
Um, I say that because I'm very structured. If you don't know, or if you're unfamiliar with how I interview, I'm very structured. I take too many notes heading into a podcast interview and I don't, I need to be better at deviating from it. But, uh, but I asked her why she thinks, why she keeps creating then if, if she doesn't like her videos and kind of to summarize it in a way that how I interpreted it and how I took it away was that no matter how much she doesn't like her videos, she loves creating more than she quote unquote hates her videos, right? She loves the process. She just loves being creative. She loves having an outlet where she can take these ideas in her brain and turn them into something that can be consumed by other people. And I think part of that, part of that loving it so much and loving what you're doing. And when you love something that much, you want the best for it. So when you want something, the best for something, you're not going to settle, right? You're going to want it to be absolutely perfect if you love something so, so much. But if you're been listening to this podcast for a little while now, you know that I'm not a believer in perfect, especially when it comes to content, because that's how you get into the self-critical spiral where you need to fix one thing and then you fix something else and all, oh, but there's this thing that's off and you make all these little 1% changes to try and get something to be perfect. And it's those 1% changes that no one's actually going to notice except for you. And to them, it's already a great video. So you need to get something to be good enough, not perfect. Perfect isn't perfect. Good enough is perfect because by wanting something to be perfect, you, like I said, you'll spiral and that it's going to take you so long to try and get something to be quote unquote perfect and you're never actually going to get it to that point. You're never going to get it to being perfect and you're just going to end up being more angry at yourself by taking an extra four or five hours to try and get something to be perfect and then just stopping it four or five hours early where it's good enough. It's a good video. I'm not saying to put out shit. I'm saying to get something to the point where it's good enough and then putting it out because you'll just stress yourself out. You'll grow to hate whatever you're working on. But again, I understand why people do that. And then Alex's case, like I said, I think she loves creating and she loves what she's doing so much. She wants it to be perfect, which I totally understand. And I totally do the exact same, maybe not the exact same. And I've caught myself doing it now. And I have to remind myself that I don't need to be perfect, but that was kind of my takeaway. And I think it's a good, I think that's something we should strive for though, is to love something that much because you have a purpose, right? Is to create, there's just a lot, like if you need to love what you're doing. And I think despite not necessarily being happy with the finished product all the time, the process is what Alex loves when it comes to creating. And I thought it was really cool to kind of hear her talk that again, this is kind of my interpretation of what she said. Um, but I thought it was really cool that even though she's not necessarily happy with the finished outcome all the time, she keeps going because she loves the process. And I think we need to search. I say we as just a general person, you and I, you and the person listening to this need to find what that is that we love the process of more than we love or more than we hate in Alex's case, the outcome. So I thought that was a really, really cool thing and a really noteworthy part of the podcast that I really wanted to highlight here. And the last, the last thing I want to talk about is failure because Alex and I talked about this on multiple occasions and we're just talking about why failure is important and kind of my, how I, what I took away from it and what Alex said was that it's just failure is inevitable, inevitable part of the process, asterisks if you're trying to do something great. If you're not failing, you're not really doing anything. If you want to do anything noteworthy, if you want to do anything great, failure will happen. It is a part of the process. You can't run from it if you're trying to do something great. 
And failure is important because you learn by failure, by failure. You learn by failing. Of course you can learn that this is going to be jumping in. Of course you can learn by winning. Of course you can. But failure is a greater teacher than learning is because you're going to remember that sour taste when you fail. You're going to, that's going to stand out. That's going to be more significant. You're going to remember that more than the sweet taste of when you win. That sour taste, that bitter taste, whatever it is, is going to stick with you. You're going to remember how it felt when you failed, and you're going to make sure you don't do that again. It's going to stand out more, and that's why you're able to learn more from failure. Failure is an important part of the process. It's impossible not to fail if you're trying to do anything amazing. And you look at anyone that's great, anyone that's anybody, anywhere. They failed somewhere along the way, right? especially in business. Failure happens all the time. And I'm saying this to you and I'm also saying this to myself because in just me personally, just being completely open and honest, failure is not something I'm, I'm good with. I don't want to fail, right? I don't know if that's a product of me just being academic growing up and always trying to have good grades and failure being the, the worst thing in the world that could have possibly happened when I was growing up in school. I don't necessarily know where this came from, but I try to mitigate risk as much as possible. I don't want to take risk. I don't like to take a leap of faith because what happens if I fail and I don't like risk because that if it doesn't go good when I make a risk, then I'm going to fail. But failure is an important part of the process. If you want to grow, if you want to get better, you're going to have to fail. That's a reminder not only for you, but a reminder for me. So if you're going to do anything great, you're going to have to fail along the way. But I want to thank you so much on that note. I want to thank you for listening to this. Whether you've listened the entire way through or you skipped ahead and you only listened to bits and pieces, I really appreciate you taking the time to check this out. If you could do me a big, big favor, go and check out Alex's YouTube channel. At the time of recording this, like I said, she's not at 10,000 subscribers yet. So go and check her out. If she is at 10,000, still give her a, still subscribe. If she's not, then you definitely need to subscribe and help her get over that 10,000 followers, 10,000 subscriber milestone. And if you want to follow me, you can find me anywhere on social media. I'm at the Jacob Kelly. Feel free to come and say hello. My DMs are always open. And if you like to follow the podcast, you can find us on Instagram at my social life podcast or on YouTube by searching on my social life. Thank you once again for listening, everybody. We'll talk soon.